Okay, everybody, welcome to Sound Pollution. Today's guest is Taylor from The Idiot Flesh. And with me, guest co-hosting this week is the lovely and talented Sound Animal. Hello, hello. Uh, We do not have Brent. Uh, I scheduled a Saturday, which is not something that Brent normally does. And it's usually because he is playing and he is out playing. Um. So anytime you follow sound pollution on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you will see that I really push uncle Brent's gigs, music, make sure that you are following him. And if you're in that part of Texas, please go see him play. He does do a great show. He's just as funny in person. You will not be sorry. And he's a very talented songwriter and that's my spiel. So Sam animal, what are you doing this Saturday? Other than partaking with me what am i doing well um i am working on music videos for what song for um multiple songs and i'm also recording some music for another band um where i'm helping them out with with adding to their their song and so yeah a lot of music stuff that sounds like par for the course for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't wait to see it. And so does that mean you're working on new stuff, sound animal stuff? Always, always working on new sound animal, a lot of collaborations and yeah, what's out already is just a small bit of, of the whole. So I put out uh, one yesterday, last night, middle of the night. <laughs> something like that i don't know what's time time is time is overrated time is unimportant it's man-made exactly it's fine so does that mean because you keep like pushing stuff out which has been very fun for me because i follow you on like soundcloud and everything and i'm always like ooh, new song but does that mean there's a new album soon there is yeah um <clears throat> a double album in fact oh <laughs> Because she is a uh, prolific songwriter. <laughs> yes, I am. And uh, yeah, my um, my old housemate decided to move back and do more recording with Sound Animal. So it's oh, a, we've got a lot of music with our collaboration. And so I've been working on, I take what we do and then add layers and layers and layers and layers and layers and layers and then come up with... Um, the Crystal Galleon. How many songs? It's a double album. Is it like 24? Um, 24? I, I don't know. It's I'm a excited. Bunch, it's a bunch of songs. And uh, yeah, the Crystal Galleon, it arose from this. He and I always laugh around all the time and, you know, create these ridiculous scenarios. So the Crystal Galleon was something I remembered that we had talked about. So I just sort of recreated this, this legend of the crystal galleon and made a music video about it. And it's this galleon that flies through the sky, but the Aurora Borealis keeps just like making it turn into a, a peacock a little more than they're comfortable with. Okay. (laughs) I'm excited. (laughs) And I can't wait 
to interview you regarding the whole process because I know Brent is like ready to interview sound animal like he is ready. <laughs> so it was really good uh, meeting you in person and our little tromp around Berkeley. Yeah, that was find great. an open coffee shop. Yeah, it was right. fine. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, the pandemic is still very much alive and well, and only certain places are admitting it. And Berkeley was one of them. We were like, "Is anything open? What is happening?" We'll walk a little bit further over here. It was fine. Hey, I needed the exercise. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, my stepmom fed me while I was there. Uh-oh. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> she makes garlic butter popcorn. Can we just talk about that for a second? <laughs> we can just close our eyes and smell it in our minds. Oh, I'm still trying to make it at home and I don't have it quite right. I am really excited for our interview. Hello. 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 How are you? How are you? Not too bad. Yourself? Doing good. And with us today is um, Sound Animal. Brent is um, doing a show today, so he couldn't co-host. So she's stepping in to be the other voice. Sounds good. My hey hey hey. Um, on uh, Pan's channel, the Vanguard Youth Motion, uh, your one of your albums plays after ours, like all the time. That is so fucking cool. Yeah. It's happened a couple of times. So just like I practice, like when we're teaching our new drummer some stuff and they'll just start playing and they'll be like, oh, Santa. No. <laughs> That's kind of funny that happened. <laughs> Worked out that way. Another thank you to Pan for hooking me up with some really incredible musicians and a, and a new guest co host. She, she steps in when Brent can't. Yeah, Pan's excellent. All right, everybody. We are here with Taylor from The Idiot Flesh. How are you this Saturday? Not too bad. Um, slept well last night, so I'm feeling pretty good. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Taylor showed up to do a Saturday with me and Sound Animal, and has thrown me off my game. <laughs> Which, dude, honestly, isn't that hard. So fair enough. It's fair enough. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you interested in music in the first place. So yeah, um, I my my mother was really into uh, metal music growing up. So like I grew up listening to. Um, like Pantera, Judas Priest, she even like like System of Down and Corn and whatnot. Yeah. So like I had a very like early start into like heavier, more creative music, I guess. Uh, at least creative for like a five year old. So <laughs> <laughs> right. So it just kind of always spiraled from there. Um, you know, I had friends in high school that were very interested in music, and I had a friend who played guitar, and he asked me like I wanted to make music because I thought it was really cool. And he asked if I want to play bass and I like learned bass in like a year. And then we started playing together. And then um, eventually we, uh, I joined one of his bands at the time called the last King. And uh, it was like a death horror band. And it's kind of just been all uphill from there, really do different projects and whatnot. So how long have you been playing? I've been playing bass since I was maybe like 12, but I've been in band since maybe I was like 16. Okay. Okay. And how many years is that? I'm um, 24 five now so so like 10 years yeah nine ten years yeah Yeah, 19 years how did the idiot flesh come to be so it's kind of a long story that involves another project of mine that's kind of died out at this point uh covid kind of ruined so many projects that like i was going to start working on because like you know we get really excited i would write a bunch of stuff and then by the time like covid started like we couldn't really practice or do anything so a lot of people just lost steam so basically in this this band the band called the slow death of gaia 
um, which is also something Pam posts on his channel. Um, that is a great band name. Can I just? <laughs> Thanks. Uh, our vocalist, Ryan Devolve, came up with it. He's quite the wordsmith. Uh, I'm very, I'm more just a write music in the corner kind of guy. And I let other people make the image for me because <laughs> I'm not that creative. But um, so we had a drummer and not to rip on Zach too much, but he wasn't doing well. And we were like, we had studio time. He was wasting much of money on us pretty much. So we were like, okay, we need to figure something out. So I, we met up with a, um, another buddy of mine who was in the scene. His name's Jeremy. And we uh, were like, okay, well, Zach, like, sorry. But we kind of gave Zach a second chance, but I still wanted to do something with Jeremy. So we started mm-hmm. jamming. And um, that's kind of how the Idiot Flesh started. How we rounded our lineup. It's, we're just a three-piece. Okay, so, so who's all yeah. doing what? So I play, it's complicated. It's like bass, but I play like guitar because uh, I run my bass through a guitar amp and a okay. bass amp. So that's kind of all the guitar sounds. There's no like actual like electric six string guitar or anything. Really? Yeah. Um, I use a lot of pitch shifters. <laughs> okay. Um, to make it sound some, like something. And then Tommy Trisdale is our vocalist. And right now it's actually Zach, the guy I was talking about earlier, who's our drummer because Jeremy kind of uh, dropped off the face of the earth at some point, <laughs> um, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> it Fine. happens. That happens and it happens with drummers. I don't know what that's about. Yeah, drummers are the worst to find. I I mean I, <laughs> I'm poking fun at Sound Animal cuz she's a drummer. Uh, oh no. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it was funny. It was fun for me. <laughs> she knows I'm kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> I like to I like to mess with her. Honestly though in metal bands, I've heard that is a thing. That yeah. it really is a thing. It's hard to find a good drummer who can do like the double bass. And mm-hmm. then it's even harder to keep them. So you do bass and you play it kind of to take place of the six string guitar. Mm-hmm. What kind of gear are you using for that? So basically I have, um, it's an LTD B206. It's like a pretty low end or mid range, like six string bass from LTD. And then I have that tune. To, it's basically a drop D with a regular bass, mm-hmm. but it's into a, um, but through, running through a guitar amp, it sounds like a nine string uh, or like a low two eight string. Like so, it's very deep. It's how I get a lot of those low notes, obviously. And then um, I have I haven't tuned to some weird open tuning. Um, okay. So like the top two strings, it's like um, well in our older stuff, it's a uh, it was like a tritone and a minor second on top, so it's really dissonant. And then in the newer stuff, I think it's more like a minor third and minor second on top. So it's, well, it's kind of like yeah. So. When I do like dissonance and and you're not blowing up the amp, putting bass into a guitar amp. Yeah, I guess that's like actually kind of a myth, (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of fun to think about. That's great to know. Yeah, Uh, as long like it's just it's just a matter of like listening to your gear. Like I don't I I cut the bass a little bit on the amp head just to be careful. Yeah, but like I run a pretty cheap rig anyways, so like like my cab looks like it survived the flood. So yeah, basically, then I run that into an ABY pedal, and then half of it is like a normal guitar chain. Like I have like my overdrive pedal, my pitch shifter for all the woodly woos, laser sounds, and then um, I was going to ask where where yeah. the little sounds come from. So yeah. it comes f- kind of from a pedal as well. It's like a pitch shifter, but it's a whammy bar pitch shifter. By more, it's the pitch step. Okay, so that's I insane. Just, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is and a it, very you have a. V- very full sound for having so few people in the band it sounds like so much more it's just because almost like you're not afraid to experiment and try different things with your bass no i'm kind of a weirdo in the scene i, I get that reputation a lot 
<laughs> I raised some very like uh, I, I'm like near Boston. I guess is the best way to put my location. Yeah, it's just a lot of metalcore bands. So, uh, you do even if I played something more generic, it would be weird around here. I was wondering if you do any layering to get that full sound. Yeah, so I do dual track the guitarists. Fairly standard for metal, I assume. Mm-hmm. But that's that's about it. I mean the the bass sound. So then the other half of the ABY is going through like what I would use for a more standard bass sound. But I also have it pitched down an octave, like with um, but it's harmonized an octave, so it's not just low that low octave. So Whoa. like when I play one note, I kind of get like three different tones. That's great. You're tricky, 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 tricky. Yeah. <laughs> It, it was actually kind of sad. Um, we played a show a little while ago with um, The Breathing Process in Worm Shepherd. There was like a tour. Um, huh. And um, some people were like really confused because they thought I was playing to like a guitar backing track. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, no, it's all me. I, I promise. It's it's just That's me a good making compliment. those earthquake sounds. <laughs> They're like, "Where? where's the backtrack? You're like, "There's there isn't one. That's pretty. Yeah, yeah that's impressive. Uh-huh. I'm glad it worked out the way it did. This is my first time really doing it. I had this idea a long time ago um, to do it in a different band, but it just never worked out. So I'm just, I'm just happy it works. <laughs> <laughs> Were you uh, nervous it wasn't going to work when you got there, oh, yeah. even though you've tried it before? Luckily, we had like a test show before our the breathing process show. Um, it was like a more DIY, sit down, relax show up north, uh, like a VFW kind of thing, and nice. um, and it worked there. And I was like, <laughs> this actually works. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay. My ample Knox books. I live in an apartment, so I actually wasn't able to test it at like loud volumes. Right. I feel that I'm in an so apartment. So it was too. like, I was like 50 50. This, this might just explode. <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it worked. And then I read more on it. And there's not like a whole lot on it, but it really is like kind of a myth that you, you can't, you can't run a bass guitar through a bass a guitar head. It's kind of like how like a long time ago people would say like you have to use our strings or like void your warranty. I like some instruments like there's just a lot of like uh i have never seen that yeah probably Roto because to do that. probably because i was just i didn't <clears throat> care like the string broke i have to put the other string on i don't care yeah. well like roto sound used to do that a lot with um whatever company they were associated with like in the late like, the 70s they would just like yeah if you break a string on your whatever guitar you have to buy more roto sound strings okay or see what happened was somebody told me i had to do something which made me not fucking do it <laughs> yeah well, of course. yeah that's how that works it's like don't go in the outdoor now i have to figure it out <laughs> <laughs> now i'm that asshole is like do i push do i pull yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me about seize control and tell me a little bit background about that song so the first ep in general is all about um so i, I not to get like really political but like I was watching, I was like listening to, like, especially during the height of pandemic, like with Tucker Carlson and whatnot, saying like a bunch of crazy stuff. Um, <laughs> Tucker Carlson, sorry. <laughs> Tucker Carlson. Um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was like, I was thinking like, if he like would just someday just be like, land the law and kill yourself for your country, like, <laughs> like, would people do it? <laughs> and um, so like, I accidentally reinvented. Um, I have no mouth, but I must scream. I, le- I realized that later, but like, it was just like suicide propaganda. Mm-hmm. Like, so we, I came up with this, um, like this character is like an AI that like could see every, like linear time linearly and he knows humanity is going to like destroy the universe somehow. So they, um, but they can't like touch anything. So they just like manipulate media. 
into getting mm. people to do crazy stuff and like this like kind of like overarching psychosis. So Seize Control starts with an AI generator, Tucker Carlson, <laughs> talking about how people are running around the streets, um, killing each other and, you know, committing suicide and all this crazy stuff. So that's what a lot of Seize Control is about. It's just like the mayhem part of, um, we, we call the AI Nozil, um, his like uh, the main assault, I guess, on humanity. That's what pretty much what Seize Control is about. Um, and I'm just going to do a trigger warning here real quick. Cause anytime suicide said on a podcast, oh, yeah, it gets certainly. flagged. Um, so no one's making light of suicide on the show. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's, no. you know, a sci-fi storyline songwriting that has to do with a little bit of politics. So, you know, yeah. that shit's happening. Sometimes politics are real. <laughs> they are unfortunately. Real. Sadly. Yeah, it was a really fascinating EP to read all those lyrics and imagine, you know, how you came up with this and and what the purpose was. And I was a little unsure if um, if it was sort of taking the side of this um, this entity that was kind of bringing down humanity. You know, it's like is it a good idea to kill humanity or not? You know, little one, little of the other. Yeah. And- it's, it's definitely a, um, is, is do the means justify the ends kind of situation. Uh-huh. Like, you know, that kind of philosophy is like, yeah. it, uh, who knows? Now, and did I, you come up with that storyline on your own or was that something that the band did as a group? I kind of threw the idea at our vocalist and you kind of ran with it. Yeah. It, it was pretty much just me and our vocalist talking about it. We you normally do like storyboards. Well. Or try to, and like our Google Drives. It's just in reports are coming in of people behaving strangely. It's occurring seemingly rapidly around the globe. Reports claim of mass suicides just taking place right in the street and in people's homes. People are now even attacking each other in almost a day's frenzy. <laughs> Oh, you're gone. What have you found? 
cover art goes really well. Oh, the cover art's so good. Yeah. It, it makes sense. I thought it, it might have been a little too Metroid Prime, but um, I think it's fine. Yeah. No, it's good. And I'll, some of the other pictures that you sent me were really cool, too. I love the plastic wrap one. Yeah. <laughs> That's our favorite. <laughs> That's a good one. That was a fun photo shoot. We were actually going to do another photo shoot recently, but we had to postpone and we were going to do more like cellophane, um, like, I don't know, like death industrial aesthetic, Mm -hmm. but like really uh, low budget. (laughs) Sometimes the low budget makes it look like it was super artsy and thought of so deeply. (laughs) But in reality, it was like, I have $22 and 50 cents (laughs) and a cell phone. Pretty much. We have a really creative friend. Maybe you've heard of him. He goes by Oak Cedar is his uh, photographer name, but his name's also Brian uh, Zukowski. He, he also sings the band Oak and he runs uh, Deciduous Records. But he has he has quite the vision that quite that helps with like the visual aspect of some things. So how would you describe your sound to somebody who hasn't heard it before? We've been compared to like, like Cryptopsy a few times, um, Wormed, another band, a lot of like... Um, more like the weirdo experimental death grind project that's I, I think that's a good way to describe our sound i really like mathcore as a genre so i also like that's where i get a lot of like the laser sounds from um when i'm writing that because a lot of like like car bomb for example does a lot of that yeah i, re- I noticed that a lot in your music i noticed uh, there was that kind of like sci-fi for lack of a better word uh sort of background with it, it, you know i thought it was a synth but apparently it's your bass with like the lasers and like almost doomy sort of opening structures, especially uh, with the one we just talked about. Seize Control had a lot of that. Like it was, there was this buildup, there was this guy talking, there was these cool sounds. It was very sci-fi. I think, I think that's why I liked it so much because I'm a nerd. <laughs> I didn't know Mathcore was a genre that now I have to look up. Yeah. I guess to name some popular bands in Mathcore, like the Dillinger Escape Plan, Botch, but yeah sound animal uses a lot of like interesting sounds in her music so i was wondering what she thought of when she heard your music um just throw you on the spot i'm sorry i would have thought of you know they're morphing into some sort of supernatural being here right before my ears you stated a lot of bands that you sounded like but who would you say are your personal musical influences like who did you grow up hearing that you were like oh that's neat i want to try that I really like, like Psyopis, for example, is a band that I really enjoy, that I really look up to. Um, I'm definitely not as skillful at um, playing as he is, but just like the lack of boundaries with when it comes to like writing music, it's something I find very interesting. Um, other than that, I was inspired by a lot of like power violence bands. Man the Bastard um, it was a good one that I really like to listen to. Inspirations are hard because I feel like it's just kind of like I write riffs and then things happen. <laughs> Do you feel like they, because you said your mom was really into like, you know, some of the harder music yeah. of the the 90s and the early 2000s as somebody who's probably close to your mom's age. Um, do you feel like, I'm not trying to throw my age out there. Do you feel like any of that stuff kind of influenced you? Because I feel like, like you might have unconsciously pulled some of that in, especially when you, you know, like corn has some of that like heavier bass lines, mm. you know, it's very power driven. There's a very bassy. I can yeah. definitely hear some of that personally. Do you think any of that made its way in unconsciously or somebody that you could think of that? It's very likely that like, you know, corn's heaviness is like early on kind of like just geared me towards liking music that is more, you know, like you said, power driven. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, if I wasn't if I if it wasn't for my mom, I probably would be like every other person I that listens to country music, right? So, <laughs> so like, obviously, a lot of that uh, has influenced everything. Really, I mean, if we have to go back to the beginnings like that, yeah. I always say moms have more influence musically on on people than are on, on other musicians than I think they're even aware of. Parents really do have because because oh, I listened. I listened to some really fucked up shit and my mom just let me. And now my kid listens to some seriously fucked up shit. And people are like, <laughs> why is she listening to that? And I'm like, because I don't care. I want her to explore what sounds make her, her happy and, and sort of like deal with what's been going on because we do experience and learn through, through music. I think yeah. more than people are aware of. Certainly. Like there, there's a label I work with or that I work um monks it's it's the same one that idiot flesh is tied to okay um and i'm not gonna i, I shouldn't into doing names but like okay one, one of the artists that um i may or may not have worked with was talking to me about how like their home life like because they were still like pretty young like they were mm-hmm. like teenagers and it's just Aww. like yeah my, my family's really abusive and crazy and stuff and uh like i'm like oh yeah i can hear that in your music <laughs> you're like oh, like, oh i wow. i i can <laughs> see why harsh noise has attracted you so much <laughs> but yeah it, definitely the parents better for worse everything when it comes to music i feel like or like just like upbringing in general yeah when you were growing up and you were listening to metal and other people were listening to country music what did that feel like did you feel like an outsider oh certainly but i had a couple of friends in high school that also enjoys the same stuff as i did like when i was like 15 14 like you know we were all listening to as i lay dying at some point so <laughs> some like like a mid 2000s metalcore was like a big thing when i was like 13 14 with a couple of my buddies but yeah like generally speaking it, yeah I, I went to a very small school so it was like you either fit in or you don't <laughs> i experienced that myself yeah yeah i to be fair i'm not talking about like all country like i love orville peck for example but like oh yeah um it's just like you know your your pop oh. arena rock country arena like you know bands <laughs> But when you're inundated with that and nothing else and you're listening to, you know, hardcore stuff, it feels very, you're like, wow, okay. Yeah. I definitely got some, uh, a reputation at some point <laughs> in high school. Uh, but well, when I was in school, the, I just listened to classical. And then when I was riding the school bus, they would play, you know, bad, bad Leroy Brown (laughs) underneath the school. I would get underneath the seats in the school bus. It was like, I can't take it. (laughs) (laughs) And now, and now you write like doom stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Just like my favorite thing. So let's talk about another song that you sent us. Let's talk about the second song, Prognosis. Tell me, yeah. uh, tell me about that. So the Void Crawler EP in general is about how um, is the survivor of Nozil pretty much, mm-hmm. and it's their story of dealing with this psych- like psychosis mental illness because like this person was manipulating and killing like maybe like thousands of people. Like you gotta think like this is like a lone survivor. He's like the apex predator, like but he's insanely mentally ill because or the characters we we didn't yeah. say the gender, but um. Um, but the whole thing is kind of more of a metaphor of like just dealing with mental illness in general. Well, you're in it, there's like an uncertainty of like if you're ever going to get better or not, right? Prognosis is kind of the like getting better, but like you're not sure where it's going kind of stage. Um, it's, the song ends in kind of a cliffhanger that way. Like the lyrics, it is, it's just it does. like 
where mm-hmm. are we going walk or whatever tommy says something about walking away into the sunset <laughs> like who knows what's happening <laughs> kind of situation it's a everything's kind of a cliffhanger it's a little bit of a nihilistic take on like mental illness in general but does yeah. <laughs> anybody in your band struggle with mental illness because that's what i was wondering when i was listening to it um yeah we probably all do <laughs> a little bit whether we want to admit it or not right um, cause I feel like mental health and I, you can, you know, have to talk about it if you want, but I feel like I'm, I'm running across during a lot of my interviews that, especially after the pandemic, that a lot of people are suffering from like anxiety and depression and stuff right now. Mm-hmm. And it's really seeming, it, it seems to be really making its way into their like lyrics and storylines of what they're doing. Did, uh, the last two years kind of affect you guys like that? Yeah. Is that I- how this character sort of. That was a dark couple of years. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, I mean, it was a very hard couple of years. Yeah, I mean, like, we all got laid off. <laughs> well, actually, I didn't get laid off. I, I actually stopped the work because my job is uh, essential. But um, mm. it is kind of essential. I work in, like, a halfway house. So, I, okay. um, you know, I help people who you. are on supervision, uh, community supervision, who are, like, don't have a place to live. So, okay. um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was really boring two years for me at least but um from i know i feel like tom like my tommy he got laid off um jeremy slash zach they were in and out of bad relationships and work um, <laughs> bad relationships were also a thing during that yeah. <laughs> now i'm stuck with you all the time yeah yeah you hook on you hook on to someone during that time because you know you know everything's bad and mm-hmm. you want to you know something good but then you know they're not the right person but you end up staying with them for years and you know they're just not the best person for you i did not well, have that problem Really? Yeah, I was I was like right out of a relationship right before that hit. Luckily for me personally, I've I've been with the same person for almost four years now. Nice. So we kind of been we chilled during the pandemic. So you're like Netflix. <laughs> Netflix uh, and bass. <laughs> Netflix and bass, pretty much. <laughs> I did a lot of like just practicing recording throughout the pandemic because I still have to go to work, so my schedule didn't change too much. I just couldn't do anything.
I hear lately I discover like the voices are actually made with AI I didn't realize until recently how big a thing that is a lot of filters and stuff yeah like they're it's like they can really jam on that AI voice thing yeah you can pretty much make a band with all like MIDI these days like there's like very realistic like guitar MIDI's out there Mm -hmm. our VSTs bass VSTs have existed forever drum VSTs are very realistic these days Uh, well the first EP Interdimensional cybernetic telekinetic dissemination, that mouthful, um, is real drums. But Void Crawler is all programmed because, well, reasons. We didn't have a drummer at the time we wrote it. So, (laughs) MIDI drum on that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, It's Colt Drums 2. It's very realistic sounding for drums. I would have never thought. Mm -hmm. I I get really picky with drums. I I like analyzing drummers. So, like, like uh, my Instagram feed is like just drummers <laughs> these days, and like sometimes they'll like do like fill breakdowns, and I'll be like, save that, <laughs> so okay. like I can make things sound more realistic, I guess. When it comes down to typing it all out, how do you feel about the uh, people being able to use uh, MIDI for for drums to like and stuff? I don't totally hate it. I've come. My position has always been like, if you have the budget to record real drums, you probably just should. But, like, if you're just, like, me in my apartment, like, whatever. What are you going to do? Yeah. As long as you do it well, <laughs> right? Like, you like you can play guitar bad. You can program drums pretty bad, too. Whenever I go to shows, I, like, pre-listen to all the artist albums just to, like, get a taste for what I'm getting into. Or a refresher, at least. And um, I went to see this band uh, in Man. They're, they program their drums, and they're so bad. It's like Snare the Musical. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> 100% velocity, 300 BPM blast speeds. It's ridiculous sounding. And I'm just like, I can't. This is <laughs> this is bad. You're like, I can't do it. I can't. It's like a sensory overload. So like you can't even hear the riffs anymore. It's just snare. 
It's like, oh you, no, you guys couldn't have just like done this better. <laughs> You're already programming it. Why did you program it that way? <laughs> yeah, like just humanize that a little bit, please, for for anyone's sake. Seeing them live though, it was a lot better when I could actually hear everything. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, okay, this is what they sound like, really. <laughs> what do you like most about songwriting? I more just like the journey of writing than actually like recording. Like I, I like to just like sit down, demo some stuff out, make stuff stick. I mean, that's my favorite part about song, like writing the music for songs. I'm really bad at writing like lyrics and stuff, so I normally don't touch that end. So like a lot of my like uh, emotional capacity doesn't like get into the more lyric based stuff. Uh, with the idiot flesh, at least a lot of the music is really just like caveman smash riff. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so it's not super uh, cathartic in an emotional way, I guess. I'm not a super angry person at least not anymore so like it, it's a little different but i do like coming up with the riffs and being like yeah this sounds good like yeah it's a it's do you a ever start off the song with your like the song um composition with your riff on the bass and then other people come in and fill in from there is that a typical way of writing uh for the eight flesh no um it's mostly just me writing the music sometimes um they'll make suggestions like, Hey, we should do this. I'm like, okay, I'll write something like that. And it'll work out. But most of the time it's just, just me writing stuff. Where do you start when you're writing? Do you begin with um, like the, you like do the drums first and then later the bass and then bring in the guitar or what's your, uh, what's your scheme? It kind of goes song to song, like prognosis, for example, I wrote, um, it was just like a, a riff from an older band that I had that never worked out. And then I just kind of like built off of that. Um, and then normally I normally I do the bass first and then the drums. But um, like, for example, the mechanist, which is off the same level as Seize Control, I wrote it just like completely in Guitar Pro, just like off the top of my head. I didn't have my bass hand or anything. So it kind of goes between the two. Um, Where can my listeners find your music? Mostly on Bandcamp, but it's, it should be on all streaming as well. So you're kind of uh, like Spotify's Apple Music's YouTube uh, Deezer. Deezer. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> hey, I'm on Deezer too. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Do you have any upcoming shows? Um, yes, we do have a show coming up. Um, it's our first show with Zach, actually. Um, it's going to be July 23rd. It's a house show. So hit me up for the address. <laughs> DM. Are you on uh, any social media? Is the band yeah. on any social media? What, where, what, uh, what platforms? Boy. Did you see the blub? <laughs> Did you see the bubble pop? Did anybody else see? It? I felt it. Right. Um, yeah, we're on Facebook and Instagram is where you can find us. The okay. And just the idiot flesh, and it'll pull right up. Yep. Sweet. Sure. So you can message and find out more about the show. Make sure you you follow them, and then you can find out where they're going to play. What advice would you give someone who wanted to start writing music? Um. I would say to someone who's just starting to write music. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of music theory. Don't get me wrong, but like, don't get caught up in it. Like, don't worry about like staying in key or like the rhythm, you this rhythm in your head. Like, don't get too caught up in it. Just, just write it, you know, just, just demo it. Just to get, enjoy download the Reaper. sounds. <laughs> download Reaper. Just get it out there. Just, just put it on paper. Um, if it sounds good to you, it's good. Don't worry about it. So at least that's my best advice. To, if I was talking to like a younger me, at least. <laughs> Don't overthink it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, Sand Animal, since I've got you, why don't you you answer that question as well? Oh, what advice would I? Yeah, give? why not? I've got two songwriters. I gotta ask. Yeah. Well, hell, I don't know. 
um i kind of like um i like his answer like don't worry about staying in key idea like um i think embracing dissonance is is a really handy way to um to do that one but it's like you know dissonance is so beautiful and so many people don't realize it's it's allowed like it's a thing that you can do and um you know if somebody is um if somebody is like playing something and they can just like let go and be hedonistic with it and just get into the energy and just like play wild and if it gets dennis dissonant then like that may be really awesome so mm. yeah i would just say yeah check out check out dissonance if you haven't yet and you know don't always feel like you have to go by the rules because it can intimidate some people where they feel like they can't even jump in because it's like, okay, with the bass, you got to play the lowest note in the chord every time. And what if somebody changes chord? It's like, no, what if they do? And you just get it wrong. Like maybe wrong. It's beautiful. Yeah. Dissonance is where the emotion is. Yeah. And you know what I love about this? Uh, my tagline is make some noise. And, uh, you guys just basically were both like, you know what? Fuck the rules. Make some noise. Yeah. <laughs> both of you in your own way. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. That makes me so happy. <laughs> I just made my whole Saturday. <laughs> Taylor, is there anything else you want to tell anybody about it- the idiot flesh or anything else you're working on? I got a ton of projects. Uh, find me. You can learn about some of them. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, hit me up. I'm friendly. <laughs> okay, and how how can they look you up? I'm on Facebook, Taylor Belanger. I don't know. <laughs> and that's B E L A N G E R. Yep. Listeners. All right, Taylor. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having. Me. Yeah, go back and listen to this when this comes out because you'll be. I was like, why is she not saying anything? That's fucking cool point in the beginning where he said something and yeah. i was t- i was leaning down to t- plug in my computer so the battery was going to last and i missed what he said and i felt like i may have been supposed to respond because i'm you know it's like i don't know what that statement was but it sounded it was about you yeah it was about how your stuff shows up on oh his playlist god. oh my god <laughs> and i was like that's so cool it's okay i responded I for you i did it <laughs> yeah. Oh, that must have been really weird when I didn't. didn't... (laughs) I love uncomfortable shit like that. (laughs) You know what? This is going in the intro. So now he'll know, like she was plugging in her computer. It wasn't that she was ignoring me. (laughs) All right, everybody. That was Taylor of the Idiot Flesh and a couple other projects. Really talented bassist. I had no idea that the sounds in some of that music wasn't coming from a guitar or a synth it was coming from a bass that's insane like respect like yeah respect for respect and he didn't blow up the amp so always a win make sure you click those links below and show this artist some love make sure that you are like following subscribing download their music buy their merch support the independent artists support the local musicians uh sound animal it's been so great having you here i love it when you step in it's so much fun and half of the fun was so not appropriate and won't be (laughs) on the show 
<laughs> oh, that's fine. I think that's all this morning. I want to thank everybody who listens as usual. We are seeing our downloads go up. Please keep downloading it. Make your sister download it. Make your brother download it. Make your cousin. They don't have to listen to it. Just download it. Let's get these numbers up. Let's support these independent artists. Let's keep it going strong. And remember to get out there and make some noise.